This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. When you love yourself, magic happens and the world responds. Valeria Tellis interviews Heather Cox, a happiness expert, energy healer, Enneagram coach, writer, and speaker. In her 20s, Heather Cox had depression, no passion in her life, and didn't believe she really mattered. Struggling to find some purpose in her life, Heather went to massage school. This is where her healing journey began. And this is where her journey as a healer began. In massage school, Heather experienced self-discovery that led her toward more self-awareness and self-love. She also discovered her intuition and sensitivity to energy. After massage school, Heather mentored with an energy healer. She learned to use her intuition to help others remove negative beliefs and patterns from their energy field so that they could move forward with a clear view. She also learned meditation, starting a lifelong love for this powerful practice that was accessible to everyone. For 20 years, Heather Cox practiced massage and energy healing, helping her clients find healing and happiness, while at the same time continuing her own journey of healing. Wanting to move away from massage, Heather became a certified yoga instructor. Her intuition and sensitivity to energy helped her hold the room for her students and guide them to be more grounded, centered, and mindful. Heather believes that happiness is possible for everyone, regardless of anything someone may think is holding them back. Heather says, you are not broken. Everything you need to find happiness is within you right now. It is just covered with all the gunk life throws at us. It is our job to uncover that gunk and let our light shine out for everyone to see. We are all unique. We were all put on this earth to share our unique and special light with others. The world needs you. Find your happiness and let your light shine. Meet Heather at heathercox.com. Here's the interview with Heather Cox. In your own words, who is Heather Cox? Okay. Heather Cox is somebody who has been um, constantly walking this path of um, self-development and growing and blossoming. And I love sharing what I've learned with other people and seeing them grow and blossom. So I would say that's the essence of who I am and what makes me a quote-unquote healer is that I learn and then I help others and see them grow. So yeah. Do you call this a purpose or something else? Um, I, I would call it a purpose because I, I 
I can't do anything else. (laughs) 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 This is what I'm drawn to do. And, and it, it makes me happy and, um, it gives me energy and not everything that I do gives me energy. And this, this helps propel me forward and motivates me. And, um, I love it. So my second official question is about this state of happiness. How do you describe that? What is to be truly happy? To be truly happy, I don't see it as um, feeling smiley, giddy all the time. You know, I don't I don't see that as being having this state of happiness. What I see as a state of happiness is this hum that kind of goes throughout your day and, and your life that you, you are happy, you're content. So if, if I was to ask you, are you happy right now? And you had that flash in your head of, am I happy with who I am? I am happy with my life, all of that. And if you could say, yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm okay with all these things. <laughs> that's this foundation of happiness. And I think that everybody can have that. I don't think, um, I'm not, I'm not asking, do you feel like you're perfect? Do you feel like your life is perfect? I I'm saying that you can look in the mirror at yourself and say, you know what? You're pretty awesome. I'm kind of excited. I get to spend the day with you. And so what, what this happens is that it builds this, um, foundation of happiness so that when life storms happen, like say, a pandemic, for example. <laughs> yes, good, good example. Uh, yes, um, you have the south, the soft foundation to land on that says, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna be okay. It, it may feel horrible right now, yeah, but I know I'm gonna be okay. And I think that's what that state of happiness is. And I think that it's, it's, it's inside of us, just kind of covered with life's gunk, and it's, a, it's there for anybody. It is natural, right, in life to have these experiences of what do you call like the giggling, you know, the sparkling displays of excitement and then feeling sad. And it's so natural. Yes. And I think that when you find, have that foundation of happiness, there's a, a self-confidence that, that is there and that you can handle it. And um, there's something else that just left my brain that went along with that. But um, But yes, this... Uh, yes, I think that it's there inside of all of us. So Yeah, the confidence. Before you're describing that state, that's what came to me, that word, confidence. And also contentment, which is different from, uh, I don't know, like fulfillment, perhaps, like destination of getting somewhere, whatever we achieve to get, and then we get there, and then we imagine that, or oh, have this illusion that we'll be happy and content and perfect and never happens. Yes. Yes. But if it comes from inside, it's always there. And I I think a a lot with that self-confidence and contentment, um, I think is wrapped up with also gratitude and having gratitude for what you have and the blessings in your life. I think that adds to the happiness and not everybody can see that right away. It's, I think it's almost a muscle that you kind of build this gratitude to, to seeing how um, lucky you are. I love the way you you talked about waking up and looking in the mirror and kind of, (laughs) I get to spend time with you today. (laughs) That's beautifully said. Yeah, right. Because we couldn't be here. Maybe, I mean, that's a possibility too of not being here and 
at any given moment, if there is such a thing as moments. But yeah, being grateful for what is here now. I love that idea. Do you see a common purpose for all of us as humanity? I am going to say no. I don't believe that. Um, because I really, in my heart, believe that we were all put down here on this earth with our unique energy. And that unique energy has its purpose. And so one person's purpose, and it's also a gift too. Like, you know, there's some people who work with the elderly really well. Like they, it, it just flows with it. And then other people who work with children really well. And I think that's that unique energy that comes out. And when they find that similar vibration and they, they're drawn to it. So, so I would say that we all have our own purpose. Now, is this like, I'm going to solve cancer? No, I don't believe that. I think that we are in, we were put in our world to do our thing. And why I think this is so important is that that means if you were put here with your unique energy to benefit the world, then the world needs you. And it's really important for you to discover who you are and shine that light for others because we all need you. So that's what I think the part of the healing process is, is finding your light and shining it out. And then from there, everything else happens. You know, you don't have to like force yourself like, oh, I wish I could find my purpose. You know, if you're just shining your light and following who you are and your self-discovery, I, I think you just step into it. Yeah, I really do. The way you explain that, it sounds very natural to do that, to just be you, be ourselves without any impediments. But it didn't happen in my case. And in so many of us, we are constraining or blocking the natural energy flow. Absolutely. I, I was never, I, I was not never, I, I wasn't this way either. You know, um, in, in my twenties, I described myself as kind of a zombie walking through my day to day life, um, seeing other people do fun things with their lives and kind of wondering not me, why not me? And that's why it started. And I, I think that, let me sit with this for a second, but it's, it's not, so it's not natural in that, yeah, you're not, you don't just wake up and, and born and grow into, and, and you, I think it's a rare gift to be comfortable in your skin from the beginning and know your purpose. And I've always been jealous of those people. <laughs> <laughs> so it does, it happens, right, Heather? Wow. Yeah, yeah. it does happen. Yeah. Um, but I was not that person. Um, most of the people I don't know. And I think that's our journey is to, um, to, to heal ourselves and figure that out. Um, one of the things I say um, in my book with one of the keys is I, um, I asked my therapist, um, we're, we're all broken as human beings. We're all broken in some way. And then um, we hand that brokenness down to our children. Well, how, what do we do about that? And she said, all parents drop their kids on their heads Mm -hmm. wow. <laughs> uh, metaphorically. <laughs> right, um, right. And Hopefully. it is that child's responsibility to heal it. And I loved that because one, I don't 
I don't necessarily think we're broken inside. I really don't. I think we're all perfect. It's just a matter of, as I said, pulling off the layers of gunk that life has thrown at us. And, um, but that's our responsibility is to, to get rid of that gunk and figure it out and then let their light shine so we can help others Yeah. and whatever that purpose is. Would you call that the journey of healing, engaging in that responsibility? Yes, I would. I, we don't like to do self-discovery and figure out who we are. I think it's scary. Um, and it, and for some people it's like walking through the fire and then I'm like at the other end, I promise, I promise you, it will feel so much better. I promise. So is there such a thing as being healed, going through this journey? And then one day we are just, um, yeah, no healing is, it's needed anymore. We are there. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Not really. No, I don't. I mean, are some, do you get farther along the path? Absolutely. Um, Are some people starting farther along the path than others? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I I think that, I think that you are always learning about yourself. You're always learning new things about yourself. You're always learning new things about the world. And I think it's that curiosity um, and that openness that is a a constant healing process. Um, So I guess Anne thought about it this way. So, but as I'm talking about it, it's, yeah, um, healing isn't from necessarily bad to good in some ways. It's growth. So, and you become stronger and brighter as you go. So it's uh, being open and curious. That's mm-hmm. the main foundation for that, for healing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. What are some of the misconceptions we have about healing that you came across? Let's see. Some of the misconceptions I've had. Um, okay. This definitely goes along um, with the four keys of healing that I've discovered. And some of those misconceptions, one misconception is that other people can do it for you. Um, so even if you go to a doctor, you go to a, a, a healing energy session, you know, chiropractor, what all those things. And those, those people are helping you and they're guiding you, but they can't do it for you. Um, you have to do it for yourself. Um, and that's, and, and part of some people are like, Oh, you know, that's lame. Um, But I think it's, (laughs) if you flip that, it's actually really empowering. You're the one who has the control to do that. You're the one who has the power to do that. And you're just asking for help from other people. And speaking of guidance, intuition comes to mind. What is intuition to you? And how do we know when we are listening to the intuition? Is that something that you have now? clarified for yourself? Is that very clear? Um, For myself, absolutely. I think we all have intuition. Um, I think that it's, again, another kind of muscle that you can build and grow. Um, So, uh, and how that intuition comes about, I think, is a learning about yourself. Um, One of the women um, who was a mentor as well as a friend she could see things. She saw energy. Um, and for me, I'm more 
feel it in my body and I can hear things. So um, when I know it's my intuition, and this is guidance that I give to my my people as well, that my clients, and um, is that I feel like there's a solidness to it that becomes unique to you. Um, and it's it's kind of a trial and error of finding that and and understanding when that happens. I, like I have a friend, she gets goosebumps and she knows, boom, that's it. That's what's happening. Um, and for me, it's it's a voice in my head that is very different. And sometimes it won't let it go. It'll poke and poke and poke and finally, okay, fine, I'll say it. I'll say <laughs> it. <laughs> right. um, but mm. I, I hope that answered your question and that I do believe intuition. I think we all have it. And I think it's a matter of um, meditation and building that up and playing with it and seeing how it works with you. Do you believe that everything is energy, liberated, free energy? Um, I believe everything is energy. Um, what do you mean by liberated, free energy? In the sense of that it can be anything, any form, anything. It could be the table, me, you, anything. Everything that's happening, it's energy. There's nothing that's not. Yes, I do believe that. Um, in my heart, in my body, I believe that. Um, and because of that, I take it very, very seriously in that um, I try very hard to be responsible of my energy when I come into a room. Um, I try to acknowledge to myself when somebody's energy is not great for me at that moment for whatever reason, um, and to honor that in myself. Um, and then also I think that energy is what gives us that intuition and those, those signals. And I think that if we were all more powerful and, and I, I higher beings, I don't know how we want to look at it. Um, I think that we could work with that energy to, change a flower into a stone or all of that. But um, that's way beyond me. Um, but because of what I believe in energy, I think it's possible. And that makes me think about something that for most of us is the impossible too, which is unconditional love. What is your thoughts on unconditional love, Heather? It's hard. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, th I think that unfortunately we all have some belief systems in our brains that makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, I think some people are better than it than others. Uh, the closest that I have seen to it, and I don't, I don't have children, but people talking about the love that they have for their children, that's the closest I think I've seen to unconditional love. And so powerful, so powerful. So... Um, I do want to say something that kind of goes along the lines of unconditional love and the power of it um, is that when somebody has encountered trauma in their life, um, I was speaking to somebody who was a specialist in trauma, especially with children. And I'm just sharing this because I think it's so important um, that she said, you know, you can go to all the different types of therapy and everything, but the thing that will really heal somebody who's had trauma is having a relationship of trust, somebody that they can trust 
with all of their being and that trust really creates the healing of that trauma. And mm-hmm. I loved that. I wow. loved that. That's unconditional trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unconditional yes. love. Yeah. Yes. When you talk about energy being um, everything's energy, that's what comes to me that it's unconditional love then because mm-hmm. energy can be anything good or bad yes. that appears right to be good and bad. So everything's included in that. Yes. I love that. Yes. That's what comes to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm smiling. You can't see me, but that's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> it that might be Heather, what we call freedom, isn't it? Being able to see that, that everything's energy, even if it is contracted into something that we judge as bad, it's still that it's still unconditional love. It's still life vibrating in, in a different frequency, but it's, it's still the same thing. You wrote the book, Gateway to Healing. Talk to me about the inspiration and the intention of writing this book. Uh, So over the years of working with clients, I noticed that some people walked that healing journey and, um, and became better. And some people were stuck. And I started wondering, like, what's the difference? What, what does this person have that this doesn't, you know, and what, why? And maybe if I can unlock that, I can help people more. And so through that, I it originally started as the seven truths of healing. And then over the years, it, it kind of, it, it became more solidified. And so what it came down to is the four keys of healing. And these are these belief systems that people have that can either help them move forward or keep them stuck. And then there's the seven principles of healing um, that are kind of like uh, road signs, tools. I, I, when No matter if you have the belief systems going on, if you start to feel stuck, like, oh, I'm, just, I'm just in a rut, and whatever, I feel like you can look down through these seven keys of seven um, principles of healing and go, oh, like one of them is baby steps. Um, and I'm a big believer in baby steps. And I think that when we want to do something, sometimes it seems overwhelming. As And if you just say, you know what, I'm just going to do this one small thing. I'm just going to do this one small thing and focus on that that can make all of the difference. Little things can become big things. Even if those baby steps are three steps forward, two steps back, you're still moving forward. And I, th- I think that um, we think we have to do all of it at once. You know, I'm going to lose weight and become healthy. So I'm going to exercise an hour every day and I'm going to eat vegetables and I'm going to, and then, and then it's just too much. Where if you just said, you know what, I'm just, going to walk three days a week and see where that takes me. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where the book came is that, um, I just kind of discovered all these things through observations of my clients and myself. Um, baby steps started with me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can imagine my, my (laughs) physical healing journey started with just stopping soda. You know, I'm just yeah. going to stop drinking soda. And then yeah. from there, I went forward. Um, and then, so I, I wanted to share this with people. And so first I created an online course. And uh, from my own experience of life, some people 
like doing online courses. Some people like reading a book. Some people like having a one-on-one. And so I wanted to give that option of the book as well. So that's, that is why there is a book. So, and, um, I, I don't, how much do you, I mean, I can share the yeah. four keys if you want. Oh, not or, all of them. Guys, sorry. <laughs> yes. Oh, not all of them, <laughs> but I love your work. Thank you, Heather, for doing mm-hmm. that. Okay, I have some questions. I'll be asking questions about some of the keys. So there are four of them and you have seven principles. So talk to me about the first one. That'll be helpful if you can do that. Your body wants to heal. Yes. Your body wants to heal. Um, so your your body is constantly working mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally to to heal. And the easiest way to understand that is through the physical. And so your your body has these mechanisms. It's constantly getting rid of toxins, you know, and constantly rejuvenating certain parts of the body. And my best example is if you cut yourself, you, you start bleeding. Right. <laughs> and then, but then the, the body starts instantly going into motion to heal that. So the, the blood flushes out any, um, germs and stuff, and then the blood contacts the air and starts to, to clot so that it stops the bleeding. And then from there, the body starts mending the wound. And, and the thing that is interesting to me that I don't think we realize is that it doesn't stop. It doesn't work for four hours a day and then rest. Your body is constantly working on that wound until it's completely healed 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And to me, that is just shows a dedication and loyalty <laughs> that, that I don't think we've really thought about with our body. And so with that, I started kind of working with it and, and it's just my theory and belief that if you, whatever you do to help your body heal, it will hold, it will grab it and work with you no matter what it is. Um, so if you want to, um, you know, start meditating every day, you may not notice a difference right away, but it will work. It will work. If you get rid of sugar, your body will heal. If you just gotta work with it, you know, and believe in it. And I think what we forget, we forget that our body is on our side and it wants to heal. And when I came up with that, I ran it through by a friend of mine who um, has an autoimmune disease. She has rheumatoid arthritis and it's been pretty devastating to her body. And I was kind of like, so her body's fighting against her, right? So how does this go with that? And I ran up by her and she said, no, no, no. I totally believe that if I listen to my body and become advocate for my body and do what my body needs, I feel so much better. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So that is the first key of healing. And I think that goes with emotions that goes with spirituality. I think if you do something to help your body along, it will work. And I think we're all afraid that it won't. It is such a fundamental truth, yeah, that the body's always trying to, I mean, not trying, it's just automatically it does mm-hmm. that, uh, no matter what mm-hmm. we do to it. But we don't realize, we don't listen to it a lot of times, and we don't realize the power it holds. Have you seen the connection between 
physical health and then emotional and mental health? Um, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, the bad case scenario side of that is I've seen uh, many people with back pain and that is devastating to their lives. It leads to depression. Um, I unfortunately have known some people who have ended their lives because of it. Um, it's, it's devastating where if your body feels good, then you are lighter, you are happier. And that goes along with, um, one of my principles of healing, which is food matters. And, yeah. and it's, it's my yeah. least favorite of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <It is. laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. It's true. But if, <laughs> you know, it's, but if you eat well, you will, you will feel well. Yeah. Um, and, and it matters. Your, your head will be clearer. You'll be happier. Your energy will be lighter. You'll have more energy. All of that matters. So yeah. food matters. And, and we all know after Thanksgiving dinner, um, how crappy we all feel. And that is a good example. So I don't know if you have had the experience, but I'll ask, is it possible to transcend suffering? Even if, when we have pain, physical pain that cannot be cured or healed. Uh, have you come across that, Heather, within your own experience and other people's that they were able to transcend pain and suffering? Yeah, uh, yes. Oh. I, I understand what you're asking. And it's, it's aside from being a very Buddhist belief, you know, that it's the suffering and, and pain is a reality, but suffering is chosen. Um, I, I'm going to go back to my friend with the rheumatoid arthritis. Um, she has a lot of pain every day and she quote unquote hides it. Well, she's not hiding it from us. Um, but she has made a choice that I'm going to live my life and I'm going to enjoy my life. And with that is honoring her body. She, she knows when she needs to rest and she knows when she can go farther. Um, but she isn't she, I mean, I'm sure she's suffering, but she doesn't let that suffering, she, she doesn't let the pain hold her back. So she has transcended that suffering to some degree. Um, I'm not going to speak completely for her, but from my observations and talking to her, she has been able to separate it. And I do believe it's possible too, although challenging, right? But possible. Yeah. Not easy. Pain, pain yeah. takes energy. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. It's it it sucks energy, and exactly. so you you have to be more careful, and you have to honor that and rejuvenate when you need to. So the key number four, I love that. Mm -hmm. The most powerful of them. I love all of them, but this one is yeah. It's and you say that you say of all the keys, this is the most powerful one. Love yourself. The truth is, you are a beautiful soul. Realizing the truth of your beauty is the most powerful transformation of all. And that's, I mean, resonates true to me. So talk to me about, again, unconditional love. Is that something that, something that we must, in a way, uh, set as an intention to love ourselves unconditionally? Or it's yes. not realistic from your perspective? But yes, but yes, absolutely. Is that our, our goal? Like if we could be healed. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> that is right, our goal. Right. Um, and, um, you know, I've just, that is when I see the transformation in people. When they 
start to learn that, yeah, I'm pretty cool. And I've got all these quirky things that make me unique. And um, I, I do help people smile and I help myself smile. And when you start discovering these things about you, and I think that's where self-love comes from, is from self-discovery, that you start to care about yourself and then you're willing to take risks. You're willing to, to make changes. Um, I, I love to compare it to when you first start dating somebody and you want to learn everything about that person. You know, you want to learn what makes them happy, what makes them sad, what's your favorite food, what's your favorite color, all of those things. And as you learn those things, Hopefully, um, you, hopefully <laughs> yes. without seeing red flags, maybe um, <laughs> you, right. you fall more and more in love with mm. this person. Yeah. It's the same with ourselves. Mm. And I think society has given us this false idea that loving yourself is ego, that loving yourself is narcissism. And that is that is not true. Loving yourself is knowing yourself and taking care of yourself and appreciating who you are and what you give to the world. And that's huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. I agree. What a beautiful message. Thank you, Heather. Yes. Yeah. And it is confused with uh, selfishness, but it's the opposite. It's love. So it's self-love. I I think that that's true, (laughs) that it is um, unconditional love. And because when you love yourself, you shine this light out and then you're, you're, you love others and you're also showing everybody else that it's okay. Shine your light. You know, I hate the phrase giving others permission to do it. Um, but in some ways that's, that's what it means. It's like, Hey, I can do it. You can do it, you know, and look how wonderful it is. And it's, it's, it's good stuff. I love that you added that here. It's foundational. We all need the, our own love. We're almost at the end. And there's a yeah, principle seven is trust and faith. And you have that under uh, part and section of your book that's titled Connecting to Spirit. So talk to me for a moment about spirituality. What would that be from your perspective? Okay. Um, I have a deep faith that... Um, that spirit wants us to be happy, that spirit wants us to grow in life and help others and whatever that purpose is. Um, I, I believe that. And I think it's important to believe that, that, um, yeah, something out there that's bigger than you, whatever you want to call that, is is looking at you in the same loving a way that you would look at your child. And it's like, I just want the best for you. And so I will help you how I can. But you, just like when you raise children, you, you want them to launch. You want them to become, <laughs> yeah. you know, adults. Yeah. And um, I, I really believe the same thing with spirit. Um, and I think having that trust and having that faith um makes a lot of things more accessible and possible. I have a few more questions, the ending questions. But before that, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about reading a passage in my book. I have to admit, um, 
you know, I, I will add something um, because I would like to throw the Enneagram in there because it's my favorite thing and it goes along with this um, <laughs> because I'm a nine on the Enneagram um, and the nine is the peacemaker and the nine has a really hard time putting themselves out there into the world and saying, I matter. And so, yeah, the mm. idea of reading something from my book <laughs> was just all of a sudden a foreign concept to me. Um, mm-hmm. And so if, if you, I find that a wonderful tool to just put out there to people, um, to self-discovery and self-love is learning your Enneagram personality. Um, and everybody in my life gets tired of me talking about it. And some people jive with it and some people don't. And I totally get that. Um, but when you learn your Enneagram number, you learn why you do the things you do. you learn what your biggest fears are and all the lengths you go to, to avoid that happening. And then you're able to make some choices to say, you know, that fear isn't such a big deal. And it's just, it just gives you some insight to yourself that you always knew, but all of a sudden is put in front of you and you learn to have compassion for yourself and love for yourself. So oh, I will wow. say that. I'll throw that out because I think it's important. Yeah, I know it. I read in your biography and I had this, here's a question, but we didn't have to talk about it. And I do have a question for you. So Enneagram, I interviewed someone, only one person, I think, about that. And I don't remember exactly how she talked about it. Is that related to astrology or, or uh, in biology or both? No, no, it's a um, it's a personality profiling system. There's nine. Not, there's nine personalities. Um, it, it's a Sufi tradition that was um, brought down generation to generation through um, talking verbally. And then it came, of course, to the Western world and we made it ours. <laughs> and, um, and, but, um, I found it to be scary accurate and what makes it different from the Briggs and all of the other ones is that, um, it doesn't just say, okay, this is who you are. It says, this is what you can do you, right now. You're in a box and the Enneagram shows you how to get out of that box. Right. So you can become more of a free person to make choices and instead of being in your mm. habitual behaviors. Yeah, uh, this is uh, it's very interesting. I'll take a look at it. I know there are many websites with information and you might have it too on your website, right, Heather? Um, I, um, yeah, I, I have some information because I will, I do offer Enneagram coaching. Um, I just changed my website. So all of my blogs need to be loaded up again. <laughs> and there was a few on the Enneagram. Um, what I can say is podcasts about the Enneagram are fantastic. because You get to hear people talk about themselves. And that is um, really um, enlightening to the different personalities. So what is another word for healing? What comes to mind? Um, the first thing that came to mind was self-discovery. If you knew you would die soon, meaning leaving or losing the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? Um, I don't think I would do anything in a different way. I think everything that I've done and all the lessons I've learned um, in the time that it's taken have had a purpose. Um, 
if anything, if I found out that I was going to die, I would jump on a plane and go walk the Camino Canal, the Camino Canal, the <laughs> Camino Trail, sorry, in Spain, which is a spiritual journey. Um, that's that's one of the things I want to do in my life. Yeah. Um, but for me and the life that I've led so far, I'm, I'm okay. And the last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Um, well, they're going to be kind of reruns. Um, I believe that everyone has a special light and they were put here to shine that light and that everyone, it's, it's unique and we all need each other's light. Um, so by learning who you are and loving yourself, you're actually helping the world. Um, and then two would be that, um, as I said, self-love is the basis of all healing and happiness. Um, I mean, self-esteem. We all always talk about how important self-esteem is, right? And then three, I am a big believer in gratitude. I um, have, I've gone through some hard times in my life. And what helped me get through those things was, you know, looking around and saying, you know what? Um, there are some really good things here. Let's, let's look at that and hold on to that. And it, it, it's huge. Thank you so much, Heather, again, for your presence, your wisdom, your message, your loving message. I love your message. Thank you again. Thank you for um, giving me the opportunity to share it. So thank you. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Um, you can go to my website, heathercox.com. I will spell that. It's um, H-E-A-T-H-E-R, Heather, and then K-O-K-X. It's weird. Um, it's Dutch. <laughs> um, so all one word, heathercox.com. Um, you can also find it at Heather Happiness Expert um, because I love guiding people to be happy. So that's why I am that. So yeah, you can go there and you can find a link um, to get the book. You can take the course. Um, you can take my yoga classes. I do teach yoga classes. <laughs> um, anything that I can do to help you is there on that website. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, Heather. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Heather Cox and her work, please visit heathercox.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.